0: I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle,
1: you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality.
0: Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. Good to have you today. All right. um, You know few people have told me I need a little therapy, so we're, we're going to do therapy today. I have a guest who is a licensed <laughs> therapist, uh, and no, she's not just here for me. She's here for you, uh, and th- we have this idea. You, you hear this phrase, take courage, right? It's right out of the Bible, and I'm fully on board. Take courage. All right. How do you do that, and can you, as the title of today's program suggests, make courage? In other words, can you cultivate courage? Uh, in, in yourself, in a positive way, what does that mean? What does it look like? Well, today's guest has a book called 31 Days to Brave. It's written by Kathy D. Ford, and she joins us here to talk about this idea. We want to be courageous people. We want to be confident. We want to be hopeful. How do we cultivate that? Well, this is a, a good chance for you to kind of maybe dive into that thought. And develop it in your life to strengthen you and encourage you. So great to see you here. Hi, Judy. Hope you guys uh, are all doing well out there, ladies and gentlemen. Kathy, it's great to have you on Life Today Live. Welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much, Randy. I'm so excited to be here with you today.
0: So I we got we have to start. Unfortunately, in today's culture, you know, um, I see uh, a, a college athlete who is a man competing against girls, and I hear the news going, oh. He's so brave. And I go, do we even know what that word means anymore? So let, let's start maybe there. <laughs> they haven't redefined 31 yet. They haven't redefined days. I'll probably try. But they definitely redefined brave. How do you define brave? Wow. So,
1: you know, and it's interesting that you brought up what is happening. It is crazy. We are definitely in a different time and season of life. And um, But as far as the word brave, bravery is, it almost comes from a word of um Stepping into your courage, encourage. Um, you know, God talks about that. Rise up in Ezra 10-4, It's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, "Rise up, take courage, and act." And I do think bravery is a skill, like confidence, that can be built, and it often comes through getting into action. And so, a resilience, the ability to press through something, um, with, with continuing to go on, um, you know, bravery and courage that resilience or that fortitude, if you would, Mm -hmm. to continue going, um, uh, to continue when you don't even have answers maybe, or, or stepping into something that, um, God is calling you to even when you don't feel equipped, maybe you don't Mm -hmm. feel qualified and you don't know the way to get there.
0: Uh, you know, um. One thing I've learned is that we we aren't. There's a phrase I hate. God will never give you more than you can handle, and I go, that's not very scriptural. He gives yeah. us way more than we can handle. I think the the way you could look at that is is God will not give you more than He can handle, right. uh, okay. Because without Him, we are completely inadequate. And I think sometimes He gives us more than we can handle so that we learn dependency on Him, which starts to build that. That trust, that that resilience, and I think uh, allows us to be more confident and brave. I want to ask you this because you you deal with a lot of different situations as as a therapist. Um, people coming through, lots of issues. Um, what are what are some of the things you see that really get people stuck and discouraged and uh, afraid? Really. Uh, in other words, fights against any concept of bravery. What do you What do you see some of the big obstacles as being?
1: You know, I think um, a lot of people through shame, maybe mm-hmm. um, things that have happened to them. Um, you know, uh, really, uh, most of us are struggling with things of moving forward or bravery, or cor- courage, because of maybe something that was way back from even at childhood. And and one of the things that I talk about even in the book is the specific steps of how to step into action to break through some of those. You know. You, Uh, one of the things that happens even in counseling practices is maybe there's some paralysis or there's fear going forward. Maybe there's a negative, I call them automatic negative thoughts that keep us stuck. You know, how did you, what, what did you learn as even like from the age of like nine to 13 on how you felt like you were loved, how you felt like you belonged, how you felt like you were valued? Um, For me, Randy, I'll just be transparent. One of the things that I struggled with and had to overcome and continue to have to, you know, we're going to be healing until Jesus comes. And, um, so is, is I, I, um, I felt loved by achievement or performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was an athlete in high school. Um, I was a, a, a good student, and it wasn't that my parents wanted. You know, that was the only way they loved me. But they were excited. My mom also loved sports, and so every time I could put a basketball and uh, you know in the in the hoop, she was elated. And so I learned really fast to um, that. I, I felt like I was loved by achievement. And so then, you know, then it countered some of the things I need to do. So there's a lot of imprinting that we have from our past, but then mostly experiences, you know, have we ever felt abandonment or rejection? Have we ever thought maybe we weren't good enough? Maybe we're thinking right now, you know, I'm in in my fifties. And so a woman in her fifties, a lot of women I'm working with, they've launched their children and they're thinking it's too late for me. It's, you know, this dream or desire I have in my heart. How do I go ahead and step into that this late in life? Or where do I even begin, et cetera. So um, it comes with a lot of our experiences um, that that you know shut shut down all the things or the destiny that maybe God had on our life. But there is a way to use science and scripture to help us move through that season of fear or paralysis and to and to get into action. All
0: uh, right, you used a phrase there that some people went, "Wait, what?" Because some people in the church do this too, so I'm not putting all the blame on the world, but the world definitely puts science at odds with the supernatural, which I get to a degree because science limits itself to the natural, self-limiting, right. uh, whereas God is above nature, supernatural. Um right. And so I, I I think when you position it that way, you can appreciate the natural, you can see the value. I view science as the r- revealing of God's creation, you know? Right. Um, how do you combine those two in helping people get past a lot of these issues?
1: You know, um, so you're absolutely right. I am ecstatic that, um, you know, science is actually, you know, there's biblical science, though. So God created the brain. He created the body. Um, he, you know, off from it being from hormones to serotonin to cortisol, all of these things. You know, we know that exercise exercise just 10 minutes of exercise consistently works better than a pill in many situations so God has created this body to heal the body. And um, and when we apply those concepts, for example, you know, we, and I won't get, I love the brain and, and love studying it, but I won't get too detailed there. But the reality is, is when we get into motion, when we get into action, it's it's that it it, it is supporting everything in God's word. He says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? Well, then we have Secular gurus that are talking about manifesting and the universe, right? Well, that was in the Bible years ago. God put in there, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Yeah. Words have the power of life and death, right? Yeah. Oh, that you would there's life and, and death, blessing and cursing. Oh, that I want you to choose life. And so these are things that were already there. We're <laughs> God was way before any of these concepts came. I think one of the things that um, I'm excited about and want to encourage people is accessing the truth of God's word and applying what God created to work for us um, you know, the, the brain, for example, we have a a thing in the brain is called the reticular activating system. Whatever we think on, whatever we, um, say, whatever we focus on, you know, you hear that in the secular world, what you focus on, you find, but God says set, whatever things are true, lovely, pure, think on these things. And so there is an application of both and Mm -hmm. using how God created the body. Um, and applying it with the truth of God's word and stepping in that moves us forward in life. Um, You know, grief, we know the phases of grief. How do I move through those Mm -hmm. without just skipping over them? I'm not talking about stuffing it under the rug. I'm actually talking about doing the work um, to heal and healing is a decision. It's a choice. Um, So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a journey. like anything in life. It is a journey. And I think sometimes we think, Oh, well, I haven't arrived. Therefore, I'm never gonna get there, you know. And it's like, no, I mean that's that's the part of the growth. That's part of the. That's why we renew our minds daily. It's a daily thing. Do you have, I have an odd question? Do you have a, a large following in the Philippines, Kathy? I do. I <laughs> okay, do. Okay, they're all chiming in here, and that's not normal you They're like, why Kathy, yes. let me watch from the Philippines." So, okay. Yes,
1: and you you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and share this. So that's a perfect example. I just launched a new business in the Philippines. Hmm and i applied the book bu- I, I literally applied the principles in this book to that same business now god told me to start this business i'm really helping uh, my goal was to help 100 women in the philippines have opportunities here in the united states and it is happening um and so um they are so yes they are i do have a big following there and um they're probably on today
0: yeah they're uh, on youtube and facebook so that that's that's, that's wow. awesome uh, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, this is the book, 31 Days to Brave, available now wherever you get books. You can also get it at Kathy dot com. Uh and when we want you talk about in, in the book, which you just mentioned the, the miracle in your mouth. Um, but you also you also talk about some things that I think a lot of people uh get stuck with, and that's this idea of identity, who we are. Um and the self-talk that goes along with that. When you're dealing with people uh, in the, the therapy role, how much undoing of false identity or negative identity, whether it's from childhood or whether it's from labels or from just ungodly ideas, do you have to undo in order to get to who God says we are?
1: You know, I want, so as far as my perspective uh, from a spiritual um, base, I am obviously a Christian therapist and God's word is infused in everything that I do when I'm working with someone or when I'm speaking or whatever it is, even in my businesses, I do a lot of business coaching. So i there are obviously we have negative narratives, false narratives, things that maybe we come to believe about ourselves, a false identity, things that aren't true um, on my website. If you go to the resources, there is a I call it kind of like a brain rewiring exercise. It's free. You can also download free affirmations there about who you are, your identity, business, marriage, those sort of things. Um, I do, it's it's simpler than people think, <laughs> um, you know, I it it's. There really is a process, and I talk about it a lot in the book, is, um, you know, we've got this narrative that we're believing. I'll just use, you know, in, in the book, I'm very transparent about my story. Um, I was married to, for 25 years. My husband was an amazing man, got addicted to prescription drug addiction after surgery, mm-hmm. prescription drugs, narcotics. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up overdosing and um, accidentally. Um, but it was in that season of four kids at home, a mortgage. um four kids in private Christian school uh, and everything in the bank had been, and all of our accounts had been emptied through the drug addiction. And mm-hmm. it was this starting over with four kids as a, now, s- not just a single mom, but a solo parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, all the thoughts that came with that. Well, th- let's just be honest. There's not a whole lot of positive about being a single mom from a financial perspective. And so here I am a single mom. And so I really had to, I, what I, what I'm saying to you is I, I had to go back to my own roots of what I was taught and what I knew and applied in my own life. And so, you know, that the enemy will come in and he will lie to you. I would, I remember recreating a new business at the time and hearing the enemy. And I was so, I would thank God all the time. Gratitude became such a daily of mine, thanking God for, you know, food and for a place to live and for opportunities. And I would hear that inner critic and that voice, the lie of the enemy. Oh, not for long. You're going to you're not you're not going to be able to feed your kids. They're not going to get to go to college. You know, those negative, automatic negative thoughts. And so in my practice, I really teach people how can I look at what those are over the next day or two? What are those negative thoughts? Really being a being mindful of what your thoughts are. You'll you'll notice. And a lot of times we know what they are already. We know what is the real playing in our mind. And then looking at those thoughts, reframing them. And we really call it, And you know, from the brain, we really can rewire our our synapses, our processes in our brain and 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 applying scripture to that. Um, An example, a simple example. I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I would say that over and over. I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I'm also other things. I'm capable. I'm resourceful. Mm -hmm. Right. I have the mind of Christ. I don't have a spirit of fear, but of power of love and sound mind. Mm-hmm. So do you see the process? That's really, there's some, there's scientific proof in what we say and think affects us. But there's the application of God's word to that. And God already created this process. So
0: is neuroplasticity. Is that, that's what, comes, is, do I have that one, right? Is that yes. that
1: right? Well, neuroscience and neuroplasticity, yes, and and it, there's it, it can be changed faster than we think.
0: Yeah, the idea of re, we say rewiring our brain, which has a real sort of robot sound to it, but it, it literally new pathways are created in the brain. It's like almost like scratching into a, a soft stone, and you make that thought, and if you just keep dwelling on it, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and but science I love it when science catches up with scripture by the way yes. <laughs> science says now you can scratch new ways so you scratch a positive one and you keep scratching that it gets deeper and deeper and deeper it becomes more natural to you starts to yes. erase the other one scripturally that I think tracks with the idea of take every thought captive which I got to admit in in some of the circles I grew up in and I don't think it was, I don't know, I think it was intentional a lot of it's just kind of tone and sort of presupposition background, but the idea is that, you know, you got to take every thought captive because you have bad thoughts and you're a bad person. But I I go, you know, when I study that, I go, wait a minute. I I think it's more of an acknowledgement that I'm human. And depending on your theological background, I can make the argument that not every thought necessarily originates with myself. Obviously you look, you watch television. I can be watching a football game And some commercial come on and and spark a thought that's not of God for whatever reason. I I didn't do anything wrong there, you know. So how do you see this idea of empowering someone to take their own thoughts captive and what do you do with them? Where does that go? What's that look like to you?
1: You know what, I'll just share exactly what I did in like the, one of the, you know, in the very rock bottom of my life, you know, losing a, a marriage, um, losing, you know, and especially we identify so much with our positions and roles, right? So losing a, a, a business that we created together, losing a home, um, losing, losing everything. And then looking at four kids who are saying, you know, hey, are we going to be okay? What What I can tell you is I knew God had just gave me the formula. It wasn't even so, you know, it's one thing when you're a therapist, but it's different when you're doing it in your own life. So we just got to be honest about that. Just because I was a therapist didn't mean it was super simple to apply it when grief hit me hard. And so I had to go back. And so God had really just called me to a place. And one day I was just sitting with him in prayer. And he said, Kathy, you know, I just felt like he was impressing upon me, write down the very worst that you think. What's the worst place possible. And I would just, I would say, well, what if this, what if this? And he would say, and then what, well, what if this? And so I, I, laying them all down and looking at them on paper mm-hmm. and then what is really true? Yeah. Um, you know, what is really true? You know, right now, more than ever we are inundated on social media with all kinds of people speaking all kinds of things the end of the day and you get a lot of voices in your head there is one truth that we do know and that is god's word and it's so applicable to our lives so it was really like i would take the negative thought and i would write it down and i'd be like okay is that true and then finding a replacement thought for it and and a a scripture that supported that truth Um, and it was I really, I'd set it down. It wasn't anything fancy, Randy. I wrote out it on three by five cards and I would carry them mm-hmm. with me. And in the moment in the car, when life was hard and the fear was coming in, I would sit at even a red light and read those cards. Um, you know, so many times people think, oh, you know, getting in the word, it seems overwhelming or whatever. You know, in those moments of deep grief, reading the word even can be challenging. So I tell people, let's do something simple. I want you to write out three scriptures that are meaningful to you that over around the area that you're really struggling with. And if it's out, that's all you can do, then read those every day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, You know, I, the, that idea of, from a spiritual standpoint, a biblical standpoint, it's in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, for those of you who are curious, it says, we demolish, it's talking about sort of this we, this idea of what we call spiritual warfare and it's it's dealing with the mind we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god this is exactly what kathy's saying right here which is the the lie that you are thinking maybe believing we know it's a lie because it's contrary to god's truth it's the thing that says you're you're a failure you should be ashamed you're condemned you, you're you'll never make it. All those types of thoughts, those are not the truth of God. So we demolish these, it says, and we take captive every thought to do what? To make it obedient to Christ. This is not saying that we need to, I, I, I must con, you know conform my actions to live and, and be this way, sort of the, some of the religious things that we think that go with it. No, it's saying no, that thought that's in your mind I'm going to make it submit to the truth in, in Scripture, what God says. And so just, again, an example. If, if I have a thought that I recognize because I know Scripture, that's not of God, I don't condemn myself for having that thought. What nice. I do is I say, you know what? You're going to have to submit that thought. You're going to have to submit to the truth of Christ. I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to entertain it. I'm going to go and if what you say right there. If I had a note card for every time I, you know, it would be like I'm gonna just. This is what I'm gonna think about, and and I think we get caught up in the self condemnation when we have bad thoughts instead of the forcing them to submit to God's truth. And there, you know, a gentleman said to me, a man who lived in a gay lifestyle for many many years uh, and came out of it, and now has too many children. He's got like eight or ten children, ridiculous. But he said, we don't nobody chooses how they are tempted but we all choose how we respond and you know jesus was tempted in every way and never sinned and i think we view the temptation or the negative thought as self-condemnation when scripture says no that's an opportunity to get closer to god's truth and conform to it we conform our god's goal is to conform us to the mind of christ and i see that exactly as this process um I don't know. That's my little sermon, but see, no, that's okay. what you're saying. Right. I mean, is this not the process that we have to go through really on a daily basis?
1: Yes. And, and taking steps of action, you know, it, we, I always tell people don't despise small beginnings. You know, sometimes it's so overwhelming. We just don't start, or we don't know where to, to begin. And that's why, you know, in, in this particular, in this book, it every day, it's 31 days, but at the end of each day, you get an action step and it just moves the needle a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it And so that's really for me, because I know, you know, I lost a brother to a tragic car accident. And and so there's that times of deep pain where you're like, I just need someone to just give me a little step, just, just something where I can put one foot in front of the other. And, you know, because you, one of the things that happens like with, for example, like with grief and trauma or whenever something, maybe you've lost a job or you, or you've come up against a you know, big financial um, fear or whatever it is, or maybe you want to start a new business and you don't know how, you know, we've, we we continue to think it's like, you've just, there's just people out there that are braver. they just, they're, they were built with courage. They were built with bravery, or they're just that resilient person. They're the go-getter. You know what? No. I mean, it's actually built one actionable step at a time. Just like, just like infusing the word in us, yeah. you know, until you start the process, it's not as easy. And I, I say that a lot of times to people is, um, you know, it may not be easy, but the process is actually simple. And so, and when I can kind of get some action, give me, give me something because I know what that's like. I know what it's like to just be like, okay, Lord, I just need to know, get, what do I do right now in this moment yeah. to give me some hope?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I think at the end of the day, that hope is key because no matter where you're at, no matter how bad things are, if you have hope, you can keep going the right direction. Um, I think a lot of us, we feel broken in the sense of ruined and no good anymore, as opposed to broken and now usable to kind of put back together. There's a chapter in your book that people keep referencing online saying, this is my favorite chapter, and it's the chapter on the table. Would you tell us the story about the table and what you realized through that process?
1: Wow. Okay. So, you know, it's interesting that they're saying that because I didn't know that. And um, so, yes, and that probably was the most profound for me. And um, I hope I can stay non-teary-eyed. But when I um, when when all of life had fallen apart, there was a beautiful table and I have, you know, four children, two boys and two girls. They're adults now. One, just one left in college. We had a gorgeous huge table on our outdoor patio that we would sit at and and you know the kids would be playing in the pool. And, you know, just like it looked just like life. One day I just went out there and the table was worn from the storms. I had left it uncovered just because life was happening to me. You know, mm-hmm. life happens. And um, I remember walking out and looking at the backyard. And at that time, you know, we had a beautiful home and and used to have a landscape Well, Now I couldn't afford the the, the landscaper anymore, you know, I couldn't afford it. And so the yard was grown up, the table is broken down. And I remember looking at it and just thinking, how apropos, this is my life. Mm-hmm. And um, and then something roused up in me where I was looking at that table and I was like, you know what, no, I'm gonna rebuild this table. And really, you know what God did? He took me on a journey rebuilding this table. At the particular time, I had a little two-door Mustang. I was driving up my son's because he needed a larger car and he was at college. I'm in his two-door Mustang, Randy. I go to Home Depot. I don't even know what I'm doing. I buy all this wood. I stick it in the... The guy's looking at me like, you're crazy. That's not going to fit in the car. And I was like, oh, it's going to fit in the car. I'm determined here. You don't know. I'm rebuilding this table. And God literally took me through the journey. And I did. I bought a drill. I, you know, and I share that in the book. I'm like, I went for the gold. I was like, I knew this DeWalt brand. The guy was trying yeah. to talk me into a cheaper one. I was like, nope, I'm getting this one. And uh, and so he just walked me through that. And, you know, the sanding down where he was stripping away mm-hmm. um, lies and fear, um, the, the rebuilding that table. He was rebuilding my life. Um, you know, um, I kept the legs. So there were these beautiful legs of the table. I just kept the legs. So God was saying, you know what, I, there's a foundation already built in you.
0: Wow.
1: You're going to get through this and watch me do it. Mm. and Watch me restore. You know, the word restore means better than before. It, you, there's, a, there's a better than before. And it's not that I would ever want what happened to me, but God is in the business of giving back. And doing things, you know, I always say he's, he's, he will, when he separates you, which I felt very isolated and separated, he then will strengthen and sustain you because he wants to shock you with how good he can be and what he's going to do with the messes of our life. And, um, that's really a word. There's so many people and things are done that, that are out of our control. And people ask me, what do you do when there are no answers and, I, you know, I'm in a season right now where there's no answers about some things even on. And we're going to continue going through these seasons of life. And I'm reapplying the same truth yeah. even now. Yeah. And so um, that is the story of the table. And that table, you know, and I did it. You know, what's interesting is I was so proud of myself. That's one action step that built this confidence in me as this new single mom. Who, you know, we were like, OK, I've never even like, you know, I, I hadn't even done some of the things at the house before. Right. Yeah. And so that built confidence in me. So action builds confidence. It's getting an action. When God said rebuild that table, I'm like, I don't even know how. But I'm, I have just learned with him when he says to do it, I'm going to jump. Yeah. And so I wasn't always that way, but I'm learning more and more. And with each time you do it, you get it's like it's like wing you know, it's like air under your wings again. Absolutely. You can do it again.
0: Absolutely. And so And that see that right there is how you build confidence. And that confidence allows you to be brave. I love it. Kathy, this is really good. I appreciate you. That's a great illustration, by the way. Um, because just the storms of life will weather us and beat us down and and the the truth that there always is restoration ongoing restoration there is a even better out there for us in christ that's the hope we need all right did i miss anything anything you want to add before i let you go no
1: but i will say just to share the testimony of the lord that was in 2017 when i rebuilt that table Mm. and god said hey you know he put in my heart that there would be a retreat called come to the table one day for women to kind of go through this process and we're having our first one this spring and so it's just the goodness of the lord uh, um, that's great so yeah is that is that, that
0: information that. on your website then for the retreat it is
1: on the website yes Perfect. All it right. is on the
0: website. great well thank you so much i appreciate you and your message very encouraging. Thank
1: you so much for having me, James. is amazing.
0: Absolutely. You guys uh, check out the website. It is KathyDFord.com. It looks just like that. And you can check out the conference coming up this spring. If you are if, if you want to make it from the Philippines, go ahead. But if you're here a little bit closer, uh, you can do that too. But uh, most of all, I appreciate you guys being here. Hit that share button, encourage someone else today. And if you have not liked or followed or subscribed, do that on this channel. you get more notifications of great Nobody news. Can prevent we'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.